why can't we work together to make sure that my my readers read all of their books right and their readers read all of my books so why am i searching for one reader and one reader and one reader when we've all done that work and now we can collaborate and share readers because readers want to read more than one book on the same topics. That's what readers do. Mm -hmm. So whether you're fiction or nonfiction, I work with nonfiction authors, but whether you're fiction or nonfiction, if you're an author and you are not collaborating, you are missing out on so much because you know how much effort it takes to get a thousand readers and then you let them go. It's like, no, share more with them, share more books, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and use that to collaborate with other authors to share more books. And that's, you know, that's one way that authors can collaborate. And I believe the publishing industry uh, succeeds through collaboration. Hello, everybody. and Welcome back to the Creative Collaboration Show. Chuck Anderson here. I'm host, and I am so honored to be uh, here with Melody and Owen. And Melody and I have known each other for a number of years. Uh, we've, we've been to a number of events. We've spoken at a number of the same events. And uh, she's really been a leader here, uh, here in Vancouver, where we, uh, especially with the authors of the city, and she is the host of the Author Nation show, her own show, and just a number of really cool things that she does. So Melody, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me, Jeff. Really, really love that we get this opportunity to connect like this. Awesome. Well, you know, rather than me tell your story, I'm going to get you to tell your story. So how about you introduce the folks to, uh, you know, who you are and what you do, and we'll take it from there. Yeah. So as you said, you mentioned Author Nation, and I'm the founder of Author Nation, which is a community of authors. So authors supporting authors. I have the YouTube show. I have a podcast. We have a members area with lots of resources. We do weekly write-ins together. There's so much cool stuff going on in that uh, in that community. But what uh, what I think of myself as is a content strategist and storyteller. So book is a type of content. So it actually falls into the umbrella of content strategy. Books tell stories. So it falls into the, the category of storytelling. <laughs> and so I help entrepreneurs and professionals and author entrepreneurs uh, publish nonfiction books that uh, lead to success and it could be a memoir it could be you know it could be a business book or a health book i also help businesses entrepreneurs really nail their messaging like really understand who they're talking to what they're trying to say what types of stories they should be telling to make that emotional connection and to help build relationships with the people they serve and so that's kind of a, a rounded out kind of what i do yeah, and I like that, what you say there about creative storytelling, because I know many times I've sat down to tell my story and my engineering brain is like, well, here's all the facts and here's all the things that I do. And then it really takes someone like you to take that and help turn that into something interesting, something people actually want to read or hear. And it's really the stories, isn't it? Yeah, and well, and... And being an engineer, you understand how important data is. You understand how you need to know information in order to make good decisions. 
But if you're in front of a room just spewing data at people, they're like, I don't, uh, like, I can't remember all this. So you give them some data, you give them a story, it helps them embed not only the data, but how the data can be used and how they can go away and apply that to their lives. And so it's really important for engineers to be able to tell stories to help people really understand what they do and how engineering can be applied to their lives. So that's a really great example. Yeah. And ultimately, it's how do we present that in a way that moves people or, you know, in a way that they want to consume the content or at least will will read it and it's not so boring and all of that. And so so whenever I think about, you know, nonfiction work, I always think of you because I know that's, you know, that's the work that you do. And, and uh, uh, you know, we don't talk all the time, but I certainly see what you're doing with the interviews on your Author Nation show. So it's really, really cool. Uh, to do that. So let's dive into the story, right? So obviously, you know, writing, creative storytelling is your thing. Um, where did this all start for you? Oh, wow. So I think that it started way back in childhood. And I know a lot of people say this, but you know, when I was a kid, I was told a lot of stories about me. And uh, they weren't helpful stories. And so it wasn't until I started understanding the narrative that I, that I had running through my head, that I could say, okay, wait a minute, whose narrative is this? Is this mine? Is this my, my family's? Is this, you know, the bigger, the larger society telling me this is who I am and where I fit? Um, and does that, does that work for me? And I learned that the stories that were told about me or the stories that I was encouraged to tell myself about myself weren't working for me. And so I had to come up with a new narrative and so a narrative, just to clarify, a narrative is, uh, just to simplify it as well, your narrative is your worldview. It's how you think about the world. It's how you see the world. Your story is kind of how you got there. The steps it took to get there are the steps it takes to get out of that. So you can take your life story and you can pull different things from it to create different narratives about the world. So we've, some of us, we all have good and bad experiences. And some of us pull on the negative and some of us pull on the positive. And that's just an example of how story and narrative kind of fit together. So that's how I got into it. Just exploring my own narrative, my own story, and my love of uh, telling tall tales and storytelling and writing and uh, supporting people in their communication efforts. And so that's kind of all of those pieces kind of fell together into this into this career because in high school nobody told me I could be a youtuber <laughs> <laughs> so I had to make that story up for myself right <laughs> well absolutely and that's really like taking advantage of the opportunities as they evolve and um I know for me YouTube wasn't a thing it probably wasn't even an idea of a thing when I was in high school so you know, um, how can you really predict the future that far? But really what I hear you saying is that, you know, you're taking a, a gift and a passion that you had very, very early on. I love this in, in terms of that self-discovery and the things that you find yourself naturally good at, naturally interested in, and then making that into something that, you know, not only, you know, is your career, but helps so many, many others as well. So that I find fascinating. Yeah, my career and my way to serve in one. So I, I consider myself very uh, privileged and grateful that I can do that. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, this, this being a show about, you know, creativity and collaboration 
And, you know, how do we take advantage of opportunities that are all around us all the time? And those opportunities, some of them have always been here and some of them uh, are new. They're always new opportunities. Some are doors are closing, some doors are opening, and it's really about recognizing those opportunities. And so, so talking about collaborations, and I know you and I, you know, we touched base before this, this episode, and it's like, you know, where, I mean, we want to talk about really where has collaboration and those, some of those opportunities that present themselves um, kind of help you to, to follow your path but also to build your business, grow your business, or do something really, really cool. So, so let's shift gears a little bit and talk about collaboration. So, you know, what are some of the things that you've done where you've collaborated with others and it's made a big difference in yeah, your So uh, I'll tell you, a, I'll tell you a, a, a story about collaboration. I met a woman, Danielle Benson, uh, years ago, and we just kept crossing paths and she was a speaking voice uh self-expression coach and so that time that that connected with me I, I really connected with that and I started working with her we, um, we ended up being friends but you know as our businesses were growing kind of side by side sometimes you want to level up but you don't have everything you need and so you need to lean on someone we started we started leaning on each other and helping each other level up in our businesses and then one day I was in one of her workshops and I started, you know, I needed content. And so I started telling some stories around my, my life and growing up and the memoir that I had written. And she's like, where's this coming from? And I said, oh, well, I wrote a memoir and it's not published, but it's just sitting there. It was really good for me to retell my story, making me the hero rather than me making, you know, those times when I, I felt villainized, you know, making me the hero and making me the person who can, you know, save myself, right? oh my God, this is really great. We should do a show. And a show, I like, I'm not a performer. Well, yeah, I'm a storyteller, but like a show, like a whole show, she says, yeah, let's do a solo show, you. So we landed up producing a solo show. I wrote it, we produced it together. She directed it and we we, we put it, we put, we put this on. I went and I did, a, I did a one woman solo show based on my life. And we got a theater, we invited people, we did it as part of the Fringe. Uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of the Fringe Festival. Uh, I was a new performer in that kind of area in theater. And so we did something kind of smaller, simple. So we, I wasn't in, yeah, I wasn't in a huge stadium or anything. It was a smaller theater. But we landed up doing a show. And so this collaboration, this kind of supporting each other, leaning on each other, has turned into you know, dream projects together, right? And doing things that are exciting and really stretching our boundaries together. And it's been an amazing collaboration. And I'm a better storyteller for it. Uh, I'm sure she's she could say I'm a better something for it as well. I'm not going to speak for her, but I think we've both gained something from it. And I and you know, I think that's a, a really important important piece to realize that collaboration is about building building each other up. Right. That's really what it's about. I absolutely love that. Um, building each other up. Right. And that's that's really my attitude towards collaboration as well. And, you know, how can we find a win win? Both people win. How do we both rise together and how do we help other people rise as a result of the work that we do? And so I absolutely love that. I love so many things about this story. I mean, 
starting with, I mean, just unpacking it just a little bit, right? Because let's take the learning out of it. An opportunity arose and recognizing that opportunity and then then having the courage to have a conversation about it. And so so think about for a moment that opportunity. What, What was it that really, what was the light bulb moment that went on when you recognized, hey, there's an opportunity here that I really need to take action on? Yeah. Well, I think that actually when she first presented the idea, it was a bit resistant, right? And it was like, yes, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm a performer of sorts, but like on stage for a whole hour by myself. But the truth is, in the end, it's not by myself. It is a collaboration. We had, it wasn't just the two of us. We had a whole team, right? But yeah, it's what was that? What that one moment? I, I think actually instead of a light bulb moment, it was a very slowly getting used to the idea of seeing myself on stage by myself for an entire hour interacting with an audience. I think that, I don't think there was a light bulb moment there. I think it was a slow coming around to this. Yeah, because I I remember being excited by it, but terrified. And so I needed to work through the terrified part and kind of retell that story. It's like, yes, it's, it's terrifying, but it opens up this possibility for new skills and for a new, I'm adventurous and, you know, I'm, I'm very much, yeah, I've had, I had a coach once say, if you're not having fun, right? Like you just don't want to do it. And I'm like, yeah, that's pretty much it. You know, I love being adventurous and having fun. And so I think that side of me just pulled me into the, into the project. Mm. So moving ahead, despite maybe having some reservations or some fears or just, you know, should I, shouldn't I, do I really want to do this? Right. And so, but doing it anyways, but I love what you said, because it wasn't so much a light bulb moment as what I heard you say is that it's almost like a seed got planted that just sort of started to grow. Is that how you would describe it? Yes. And by the time we hit the stage on opening night, it was, it had like grown over all of my life because it's such a big project to put on a show. And then, and then it, yeah. And then it went dormant and it's currently, you know, the show's dormant at the moment, but it can, it can grow back, right? Like a garden, right? I can water it and it can come back. Yeah, I, and I use collaboration every day in my work with authors as well. So an important part of supporting authors is getting them to collaborate with one another. Mm-hmm. Do you have an example of maybe how they can collaborate with one another? Like, do you have an example of some of the collaborations you coach them through trying to create? Yeah, well, think about it this way. If you go out and buy a car, you go to the Mercedes dealer or the Toyota dealer or wherever you go, and they're not like, hey, since you bought a Mercedes, you should think about buying a BMW, right? They don't do that. Cars don't do that. But if you think about your very favorite genre, Chuck, have you only read one book in that genre or have you read multiple books in that genre? Uh, it's usually multiple. Right. So if I write a particular genre, let's say parenting, mm-hmm. and somebody comes along and reads my parenting book and they're looking for more, and I know four other parenting authors why can't we work together to make sure that my, my readers read all of their books, right? And their readers read all of my books. So why am I searching for one reader and one reader and one reader when we've all done that work and now we can collaborate and share readers because readers want to read more than one book on the same topics. That's what readers do. Mm-hmm. So whether you're fiction or nonfiction, I work with nonfiction authors, but whether you're fiction or nonfiction, if you're an author and you are not collaborating, you are missing out 
on so much because you know how much effort it takes to get a thousand readers and then you let them go. It's like, no, share more with them, share more books, mm. you know, and, and, and use that to collaborate with other authors to share more books. And that's, you know, that's one way that authors can collaborate. And I believe the publishing industry uh, succeeds through collaboration, unlike the car industry, right? It's, it's all about collaboration. Yeah. Um, great takeaway from that. Cause one of the things too, I try to help people see a path to finding collaborations. It's a question that we get all the time. It's like, okay, this is all well and good. You're telling these stories, but how do I find people to collaborate? And what I heard you say is if I'm a nonfiction author, what genre am I writing to? What is my target audience? And who else has written books to that audience? And then to, I mean, reach out to them and, 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 uh, you know, look for those collaborations. So what, what's your advice to um, other authors? And so there could be business people here thinking, oh, I'm going to write the book about, you know, my business or whatever. And it could be really about anything. Where do they look? How do they approach other authors in a way? What have you found that has worked in terms of approaching them in a way where the walls don't go up, the walls actually come down and they're, they're open to the collaboration? Yeah. I haven't really seen a lot of walls in, in, with the people I work with. I just, uh, I think that if you have a thousand readers and you go to an author, another author in the same genre and say, hey, I have a thousand readers and I'd like to recommend your book. Would you recommend mine? <laughs> what well, 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 possible wall right right that's you presented that as a win-win you you can't possibly say no to that <laughs> and if an author says no to that if I was an author and an author said no to that I would just I would I would feel sadly it's like I'm very sorry that that you don't see the opportunities I'll go somewhere else because there are hundreds of people writing in my genre you are you know like one one person says no because they live through like fear for whatever reason, or they just don't understand the possibilities, then you just move on. It's, that's what you do. When someone says no, you just move on, right? You go somebody else, right? Yeah. What, what did you lose really? Right. And yeah. so what are some of the mistakes that maybe you see um, people making when they first start out trying to find people to collaborate with? Mm. I think you want to be involved in an author community. And this is why I have an author community. Because my first advice is get involved with an author community. Like start getting to know people. You don't walk into a room and start just selling your, your goods, right? You, you know, how many sales are you going to make that way? It doesn't matter whether you're selling native collaboration or whether you are selling goods. If you walk into a room and say, I have a great book and you should promote my book, it's like, you know, and I'll promote yours. Go in and get to know people. Just go in and get to know people a little bit. Now, as, as you get to know people, you'll figure out who you should be approaching, right? Who actually fits? Because I think that's one of the big mistakes is like, everyone should promote my book. And I also hear authors say, everyone should read my book. It's like, no, not everyone will read your book. Not everyone will promote your book. Just because you're both authors doesn't mean you're a good fit. So find the good fit. And it, it doesn't, I say the same genre, but it doesn't even have to be the same genre. It could just be another connection, right? Someone could be writing a book on parenting and somebody else could be writing a book on getting your first job. And you're like, wow, you write a parenting book for teens and I write a, a book on getting your first job. Well, what are teens doing, right? So maybe there's a collaboration there. Even though it's different, there's some 
cross promotion you can do for with parents. Then they can buy the book for parenting and they can buy the book for getting your first job for their teenager, right? To get them to go out and get that job, right? So not just genre, but think of all the possibilities and get to know people. So you, and then when you get to know people, think like, do they fit and how do they fit, right? And if they do, then you excitedly go up and say, I have an idea, would you like to hear? And run with it. Yeah, we always tell people to do their homework before reaching out. And that's what I really hear you saying is, is really take a look at who they are, who their audience is, and, you know, get to know a little bit about them before reaching out and then, and then use that in the way that you approach. Um, and not just spam them on LinkedIn or whatever, but get into a group that they're a part of, or is there some way where you can even get an introduction to them and, you know, develop a bit of, you know, relationship first, right? So yeah, yeah. podcasts are great for that, right? You could start a podcast and you could start interviewing your favorite authors from your um, from your genre. We actually did that with the Blissful Parenting book. Like we're, yeah. we interview other book authors. And so we, every week we meet more. So it's a great way, you know, you got to find that thing that gets you in the conversation with those people, right? Yes. And and I, I just also want to point out, sometimes people think when they're collaborating that somehow they're approaching on a lower level than the collaborator. And I really want to encourage people to work on that mindset. And same with, you know, I have, I have kids who are working age and they'd go into an interview and they thought, you know, please give me a job. And I'm like, no, no, that's not the attitude. You go in saying, are we the right fit? Right. And yes, they have they may be in a power position because you're looking for a job. But if they're using that power position or, or you get into a job that you're miserable on, right, then, then that's not a good fit. So same with collaboration. Try to lose that, you know, oh, should I talk to that person? Oh, you know, it's like, yes, you should talk to them. You are equals. You should go up and, and say, hey, nice to meet you. This is who I am. I've heard a little bit about you. I'd love to learn more about you and, and approach it as equals. I, I see that in the collaboration world that people are afraid and I think, I don't know, because they feel lesser or I'm not sure exactly why, but whatever, whatever story you're telling yourself, whatever that narrative is that you are fearful of talking to somebody because they're bigger or better somehow, lose it. <laughs> right? Absolutely. And I, I think it's when we view the other person as being bigger and more powerful than we are. Right. And, and it's like, they value the, you know, I value what they can contribute to me. They, they can give more to me than I can give to them. But when you start to see it the other way, where we benefit each other, then you don't have to put them, you know, or yourself at different levels, you can be at that level for that moment. So, and that happens so many times in collaboration conversations as well. Right. And we don't just go out there. Hey, do you want to collaborate? Do you want to collaborate? Do you want to collaborate? No, it's like you have to do your homework and you have to know and get a bit of a relationship first, but also, you know, level right? Where, where are they at? And so it helps to kind of calm down that fear a little bit. So I love all of that. So many takeaways. And I know we could probably spend hours talking about all of this and maybe we should do a workshop on it one day. Maybe that it's a collaboration you and I can do uh, in the future, but um, you know, it, hopefully everyone has gotten some good takeaways and I'm hoping that it planted a seed to get inspired to collaborate, find ways of collaborating, whether it be maybe you've had an idea for a nonfiction book for a long time, you could reach out and get help 
and Melody is awesome. You definitely want to do that. Um, and so, you know, kind of in wrapping up some of our big takeaways, Melody, I would just like, and especially you, since you're such a nonfiction, you know, expert, enthusiast, all of that, what is the one nonfiction book that you think all entrepreneurs should read? Oh, wow. Entrepreneurs. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to, so read something by Seth Godin, read anything by Seth Godin. Mm. I'm actually going to suggest a book that is a little, uh, not necessarily entrepreneurs and it's called Just Mercy and it's by Brian Stevenson. Is it? Yeah. Brian Stevenson, uh, Just Mercy by Brian Stevenson. And it's not a business book, but it will help you. It will help you understand how to see the world differently. It'll help you em empathize. Uh, so essentially, one one thing that Brian Stevenson says that I absolutely love is mercy is for the undeserved. Mm. Right. It's, it's, so he he's a he's a uh, lawyer who fights to get people off death row. Just to to give you some context, and he um, he believes that we need to start looking at the world in a very different way. He his very first experience. He walked into death row to talk to a death row inmate. He was a law intern. He was a nobody. And he felt like awful. Like, why am I going to go tell him that nobody can come speak to him today? Right. Or no one's going to speak to him for another month. And the man who received him said, thank you for coming. Thank you for taking the time to come to give me a personal message that this is happening. And they sat and they spoke for two hours. And that's where he started realizing that he wanted to defend, defend people uh, who had been wrongfully accused or, or had, had been accused, but their life, you know, they're, you know, you're not on death row because you've had a peachy, lovely life and life's been flowers and unicorns, right? And he, reading his book will just teach you so much about humanity and mercy and dignity. And I actually think we all need more of that. So it's not a business book. But it, I think it's a, it's, yeah, listening to him, you, I, I hope you would rethink how you see other people, how you think about them, how you feel about them, how you treat them. I think that's a brilliant recommendation because I think if there's, if there's one mistake that entrepreneurs, business owners, people trying to sell stuff uh, do is that they focus on the tactic of the day. They read books to learn tactics. How do I sell more? How do I earn more? How do I you know, do this opportunity. But what I heard you say is like, you know, it, and I know this is true in my business, my business would not have grown to the extent that, that I did. And so you have to change and evolve as a human in order for your business to really blossom and, and to become what it's supposed to be. So I actually love that and, you know, have my own stories of like where perspectives change because of something like that, where when you have more empathy for the people that you work with, or, or even you look at the world in a different way, new opportunities open up to you because now you're resonating with the world in a new way. So that's life-changing. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love the book too. It's full of great stories, by the way, as well. So another little plug for the book. <laughs> Excellent. Well, we'll we'll post a link to that here in the show notes so that you can check that out. And I know I'm going to. Uh, so thank you so much for that recommendation, because I actually never heard of that book before. So I mean, there, there we go. Like, I, that's another great benefit of doing this. I get to, you know, get all these ideas that I, I never would have thought of on my own. And that's, 
that right there was a collaboration. So there we go. Um, Melody, it's been so awesome to do this. You know, just before we sign off, you know, what last piece of advice or inspiration would you like to leave our listeners with today? Yeah. Don't be afraid to make mistakes. Don't be afraid to fail. Because whenever you start a new project, there are always two paths. There's success and there's failure. And if you don't start the project because of the fear of failure, you'll never feel that success. And when, you know, the times I have failed, I have, you know, come back, you know, with the wounds, you know, feel terrible about myself, hate the world, whatever I need to do. But then I can look at it and I can think, okay, how else can I get to that dream? How else can I get to that outcome, that project, that, that whatever it is that I want? And, you know, you will eventually get there. I, who was it? Um, said I have I have learned 10,000 ways not to and I can't remember oh I'm going to give you the quote and put it in the show notes but yeah so so sometimes what you do is you learn 10,000 ways not to and then you you learn how to and if you're fearing that then you will be paralyzed and you won't move forward and that's one thing that I wished I'd done earlier in my business is just being a bigger risk taker being unafraid to put it out there, like unafraid to you know, re- recommend a book that's not even a business book, right? And yes. who knows how it's going to, who knows what people are going to think of it, but put it out there, right? I hope that helps. Well, it helped me. And so that's one. And so I find that to be very inspirational. So thank you so much. Um, Melody, to wrap up, how do people get in touch with you? Where do they find you? Uh, let's and we'll put all the links uh, down below in the show notes. But where do they find you? So, if you're interested in author nation, so if you're looking to write a nonfiction book, or if you have a nonfiction book and you're trying to figure out, you know, I spent all this time and money on it. Now, what do I do? Find me at authornationtube.com. You can also email me at melody at authornationtube.com. You can find my storytelling website at melodyannowen.com as well. But yeah, just, you know, reach out, email me, melody at authornationtube.com. Reach out, say hi, tell me you love the show, tell me you hated the show, whatever works for you, and let's connect. Awesome. Melody, thank you so much. And do go check her out, uh, connect with her. She's, you know, um, just an awesome human being. So um, it'll be time well spent, guarantee it. Uh, so for everybody listening in today, hope you learned something and, uh, you know, again, keep moving forward. Look for those ways to collaborate with others creatively and move your business and your life forward. Until next time, Chuck Anderson with Melody. Thank you so much, everyone.